Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Everybody and welcome to the weekly dish we are live from the Minneapolis home and garden show today we are at the convention center we're alone I just want you to know it's not open yet and so we have the entire convention center to ourselves right now and let me tell you what it feels like to walk through the Minneapolis home and garden show when there is not a soul here it's kind of nice <laughs> very cool listen it is this place is set up and it is all i can tell you is that like i keep seeing things that i'm like oh i'm gonna come back for this oh yeah i want to go and talk to these guys so i saw someone that has seeds here oh i, I didn't saw, see that yet uh someone that's doing bees here i saw the traeger grills oh so many uh, grills. bailey nurseries is here with their pop star hydrangeas there's so many patio situations happening. There's patio plenty of, town is you're here. Thinking you want a hot tub. Here. Hot tubs. <laughs> Pontoons. Uh, oh, um, Paddle North. The docks. Yep. The floatable docks. Yep. And the, and the um, kayaks. Yes, and like all I that have, stuff. which is so fun. kind of want a kayak. I don't have a, a place to put it or anything. I have one that's portable. You can use it anytime. Okay. It's in my garage. Oh, I'll grab it. Yeah. So It can live go. in your garage and I'll just grab it. Yep. All right. You'll be one of the five people that use it on occasion. <laughs> and it's just fine with me. Kind of like a gym membership. Yes, yes. Speaking of gym memberships, uh, all of the vacations I've taken, mm -hmm. no one's feeling sorry for me, No by one the is way, feeling sorry for you, just so you know. I, like, whoa, is it hard to get back on... Into the swing of things, of like working a out. a regular eating plan, you well, know. Well, but that's what... You know, the spring oh. break. You've had an entire month of spring break. I know, and it's time to, it's time to get buckle back in. on the horse. <laughs> <laughs> but you also worked harder during the holiday season than most people I know. I did. You did. You worked I hard. Did. I you, worked every day. You supported your book. You pushed it yep. forward. We are. I went to Xapa uh, Ziwatneho, and I did something funny. What did you do? <laughs> I think you would really approve of. <laughs> I was feeling panicked because my husband had COVID. 
Yeah. And so I was worried that we weren't going to make the trip. I and know. my aunt and uncle have a house there, and my cousins were going to be there with their babies, and I really wanted to spend time with my family. So I was panicked because I was in my room, basically quarantined with the dog. And the dog is large. And after being in my room for two days, I was like, I got to get out of here. I'm just waiting to get sick. So I booked a flight to Montreal. Wait, can we just back up for a second? So Kurt had COVID and you quarantined? Yes, Stephanie. Thank you. This is not how this works. I know. But he was like in the kitchen. He was moving around. And I was like, yeah, I am not trying to get sick. Every other couple I know, like, locks the sickie in the room. Yeah, he was in the basement, but not enough because I was still uncomfortable. Okay. So I booked a flight to Montreal. (laughs) I know. (laughs) And I went to Montreal and then flew out the next day to go to Mexico from Montreal. And... The, I thought I was going to be like so cool and I'm going to go to Montreal because it's a city that I love. And I'm like, I'm going to, you know, go out and I'm going to go into the old <laughs> no, town and not. I'm going to have dinner. I got there at 745. Yep. I stayed in the crappiest hotel. Did you just stay at the airport? I did, basically. <laughs> and it had like a crappy hotel restaurant. Yeah. And I tried not to feel sorry for myself. Because you were on your way to Mexico. <laughs> and like, I probably spent $400 more than I needed to. Yeah. But I was assured I was going to get there. Yeah. And then... I, the next morning, was at the airport, and I was there in plenty of time, and I had a moment where I thought about you, because I was like, well, the very least I can do is get a good Montreal bagel. I mean, hello. So I got a good Montreal bagel sandwich. Good. I got a cafe au lait en bowl. I sat and enjoyed, like, I had 25 minutes of pure Montreal enjoyment. In the airport. In the airport. (laughs) Looking at everybody's outfits, because people in Montreal dress up to go to the airport. Yeah, they're just a stylish bunch. Yeah, and, you know, usually, like, in Minnesota, when we're at the airport, everybody's in a hoodie, pajama pants. Let's just call that America. Okay, can we just call that America? Because that's what that is. Everyone is in athleisure wear. And and very cozy. And in their Uggs and with their blankets and pillows. Very comfy. But in Montreal, they're wearing, like, their pressed pants, their... They're blue, like fancy jet coats. You know, they have oh. fancier wool coats. Were you also flying out like on a weekday? Were they business travelers more than not? No, it was, um, I would say, a healthy mix of both. Okay. But so I get to Mexico and I was just like, oh, thank goodness. I get to Mexico via way of Montreal. Right. It's very confusing for people looking at passports why a Minnesotan went to Montreal and then went to Mexico alone. Sure. So I had to deal with that a little bit. Well, there's a whole like na- nanny scam about that. Did really? you know this? No. Like, yeah, there's this whole thing where, like, you fly into Canada and then drive down and be like, well, I've been sponsored by a nanny, but really there's something else going on. Huh. Well, I uh, I did get my passport looked over at, at many points of entry. And because all in all, the trip was great. It was great. I saw whales, which was fun. Is that your first time seeing whales? It was my second. Okay. But very fun. Um, went snorkeling, did all the stuff. Well, great. We had Socorro cook for us, so that's always fun to see. Yep. Like she's a very you love her traditional folk Mexican folk cook. Like everything is in the blender, mm-hmm. fresh fruits and vegetables. You only eat what's literally at the market that day. Yeah, and I just love how she cooks, and I love watching her cook it and think about like how it's just so different than how we eat here. Yeah, we here we shop and then we figure out what we're going to eat. Like there. Well, here not the, everybody. Correct. You know what I mean? Like, and more on the coast. Big, it's yeah. like a market. Yeah. But yeah. Well, we tend to be in the and and when you say that right now, like the frame of the frame of reference of this conversation is February. 
So, like, at this moment in time, we're all kind of like, you know what I mean? I'm there's still just, eating out of the freezer, and I, I cannot make progress. Well, because there's nothing else. I mean, like, it's not like you're going and there's something, like, new to fresh to pop up. So, I think people, you know what I mean? Like, we get, we're in our, still in our braised meats, and we're still in our... And we're like seeking out the freshy little things that we can at the market, which aren't seasonal, but I mean, you know. I bought my first asparagus, strawberries, and artichoke. And I was like, this is a sign that I'm ready. In Mexico? Or? No, here. Oh, here. I came oh, home and I had did? no food. <laughs> and the first thing I bought was strawberries and artichoke and asparagus. Oh, I was like, it's funny. time. I'm yeah. turning the page. You're, I don't know. You're going. Yeah. You know, and it is March, which is, of course, the best month. And um, <laughs> humbly endorsing that one um it is also international women's mouth and so i love that to shout out to all the ladies and i think that there's a you lot did of, an event this week didn't you i didn't i'm going to talk about it in top two an hour too so we're going to hold on that but nonetheless you know just kind of calling out the fact that i think that it's uh, an important thing i know international women's day is next week um and there's a lot of events and things kind of around that but nonetheless i like to think of it as a full month of appreciating the women who have influenced us yes so that's kind of, I'm excited to do that a little bit more. Who's high on your list? Well, I mean, my mom, of course, you know, is like the number one who is like my hero and savior of all things. Um, but if I think about it, and I was thinking about, you know, uh, Lynn Rosetto Casper. Yes. And I was thinking about her and yes. how she really just put up a mountain of work and just remained herself. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, was seriously true to who she was, was so curious and was so inviting and welcoming to people that that to me is, um, that is part of this, right? This, like, going forward, and I know that we're in a place where we all try to create personas to help, you know, like, attract listeners and to attract likes and all this kind of stuff, but there's something about Lynn Rosetta that it just, it's her. It's just her. And always has been. And always has been. Yeah. And that's, and we've just been along for the ride with her. And I think that's been just sort of wonderful. Same thing with Suze Ellickson. You know what I mean? Correct. Same boat with that one. And just that she's sort of been locally someone who has really uh, opened up the food world for everybody. And I just think about that in terms of like when I, you know, quit my uh, job, my restaurant job. And I was like, I think I want to do writing, you know, and I kind of like the first place I went was women who really cook. And it was like when there was like 15 of us. I'm still a member. I know you're a member. And I was the first I like I wrote the newsletter way back then. And I did all sorts of stuff. But it was really that connecting. And that was because Sue created that group. Yeah. So I want to shout out to both of those uh, those icons for us. How about you? Well, I think, you know, moms, let's just generally when I think about cooking and my food life, one of the regrets I have is that it started kind of after my mom died. Yeah. So she's not really been a part of that piece of it, though. Obviously, so much of what I do is steeped in what she taught me and who she was. Yeah. Um, I I think, I mean, Julia Child is like national scope, right? Sure. Just because she's paved the way for any women in food, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And certainly women on TV and food. Um, Ina Garten would be another national yeah, that's icon. A, that's just, one for you. Just someone that I feel like... The gardening. You felt the, a, you felt a kinship to her. I did, and that's what's important. The, the bringing the garden out indoors, the bringing of the herbs, the the way that she presents her food, the way that it's pretty simple, really, at mm-hmm. the end of the day, and also very well tested, like recipes. Just she's such an incredible recipe developer. Yeah. Her recipes always work, yeah. and mine don't always work. You know, like sometimes <laughs> I have to tweak them or. I realized like, oh, I forgot the last part of the instruction on this one. Someone just texted me the other day. You didn't say how long to cook this. I was yeah. like, oh, you're right. I didn't. Sorry about that. Let Sorry. me just I tell you what to do. Um, in terms of locally, 
For me, um, I want to say the salad girl, Pam Powell. Yeah, Pam Powell, for sure. She was like, I met her at a farmer's market like 15 years ago, and she was there with her salad dressings, and she came from a good Irish St. Paul Catholic family and had been literally working at a resort since she was like 12, cleaning rooms, and then became the salad girl. And I just thought her way of sticking to her organic premises and really making just a beautiful product and not sacrificing. Like, True. She's just put her head down and keeps doing the work, and it's not easy. No. And, you know, sometimes stores drop you, and then they pick you up again, and she just kind of stays the course. So I admire her. Cheers. Cheers yeah, to that. I think she's been I love really that. impressive in a maker community way. We have, and we have, you know, we're going to have all month, I think we should highlight different women that yeah, have let's. influenced us every, so stay tuned all through the month of March. Let's do it. And we'll highlight different women that have uh, had influenced us. We have a great show today, you guys. In fact, we have two women on later this afternoon, later this afternoon, later this morning. <laughs> uh, we have Lindsay Lamb and Leslie Davis, the unsellable house ladies from HGTV. They're going to come over and talk about kitchen trends. I am a little fangirl. I did. I am like they're twins and they're just like they have the cutest aesthetic. I just am. A, I'm just charmed by them. I am here for it. Yeah. All of it. So they're going to come on later, but we're also going to talk. We have some instant pot mistakes. Oh, yes. And we're going to talk a little bit about some of the 50 great restaurants that changed the Twin Cities. So it's a good show. Yeah. Great show. Join us. We are at the Home and Garden Show. We will be here until 11 today. And then I'll be on the pop stage at one o'clock doing a True North Cabin cookbook signing and talk. So come on out. We'll be right back. Boots, socks, other socks, snow pants, leg warmers, long johns, base layer, hat, scarf, neck gator, mittens, glove liners, shell, coat, sweater, other sweater. If just taking off your winter wear is a workout, you may be overdue for a workout. Make fitness a habit. Join and use the Y by March 16th and earn a free month of membership. I'm good. I'm good. You know, once you catch your breath. Join at YMCANorth.org. Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. We are here live at the Minneapolis Home and Garden Show. If you guys want to come out, are we back? Yeah, we are back. Okay, and it is the Home and Garden Show. It and it sounds echoey because there's not a soul here. Because we're because it's not open yet. So don't come beating down the doors. We open at ten, I believe. Yes. It opens at ten, so I'm expecting for the second hour, you guys are all gonna rush over here and say hi. Very excited to see you. Um it's kind of uh but it's kind of neat because, you guys, it is, it is a massive show. If you've never been to this show before, you know, I know that my kids uh, bought a house. Joey and Ryan just bought a house. And they, um, <clears throat> so they're, they're actually moving stuff today, so they can't kind of quite get here. But I was like, you guys, this is exactly yeah, where you should be. Yeah, if you are interested <laughs> in new flooring, if you are interested in building a deck onto your house, if you need to replace some windows, yeah. if you've got soffits that maybe are leaking. My poor neighbor had the steamer over. Oh, damn. You know, the roof steamer yeah. where... And I have roof dams. I'm just waiting till ice dams. Yeah, they leak. Or I mean, what do you? Don't well, you just they, wait until they either do or don't. Yeah, it's pretty. And I mean, yeah. it just, just depends on how old your roof is. And, yeah. You know. So I don't know. I'm like, oh, I see the dams. I'm just gonna wait until they. Yeah, either they ruin. don't always ruin. I yeah, mean, ice dams Kurt are said. not always spelling total drama. disaster and ruin. I know. Although the roof rakes were definitely sold out at the at the uh, when we read book club. I went to go buy a roof rake next door. like At Fratelloni's next yeah. door? Yep. There was like one left. All right. Anyway. I'm impressed that you're roof raking. <clears throat> well, I haven't. It's still in the box. <laughs> so That's hilarious. Let's just leave it at that. It's more about like next year. Next year. Because like you said. Aspirational the, roof rake. The ice dams are already there. That's true. It's not like I'm going to do anything. And plus my roof gets like a heck of a lot of sun. So it's pretty much already like it's fine. 
Um, in case you're wondering, and I don't even know why I'm telling you this, okay. but uh, have I told you about the possum that <laughs> has been coming to my yard every day? I don't know. Okay, he, oh, him I, and his yes, wife. Because you were Mr. like so possum. cute about it, and I'm like, they're evil. Well, they're not evil, well, are they? Are they? They just, they have that weird tail. No, Mr. and Mrs. Possum come every day now. And Stanley has greeted Mr. and Mrs. Possum. With bites? Or, <laughs> no. Okay. Just like, oh, he's kind of scared. He oh. steps, he like walks backwards and like barks at them. Do they come to the window and say like, hey? Um, kind of. Yeah. They've become a little friendly. Are you feeding them? No, they eat the bird seed oh. that the dog also eats. So everyone's oh, feasting everyone's on the bird seed. Everyone's eating the bird seed. But okay. I don't know why I felt the need to tell you that I Mr. and either. Mrs. Possum are still coming, but we were talking about roofs and roof rakes and that snow. still has nothing to do with possums. I think in this, because I think they'll <laughs> stop coming when the snow isn't so aggressive and oh. they can find food. Sure. Hopefully. Okay. All right. Well, you know who else needs to find food? Not me. Everybody else on the planet, right? <laughs> no. What we wanted to talk about, you guys. I, I wanted to. I wanted to talk a little bit about this article that kind of went live, which has been in. It was in the magazine in December. It's the fifty restaurants that changed the way we eat, and I was kind of like, like it went in. You know, it's been in the magazine in December, which means, of course, you guys. I wrote this in like October, right? And so I kind of had forgotten about it, and I was wondering why all <laughs> of a sudden it popped up on our show grid because I'm like, yeah. And we didn't even really talk about nope, that. And that's didn't. something good to talk about. I know. And so it went online because we did the, you know, we had our MSP 50 uh, Golden Fork Award Ceremony on Monday where we gave out uh, great awards to, you know, the 50 MSP 50 kids. They all picked up their Golden Forks. And How then, do you get a Golden Fork or what is a Golden Fork? So MSP 50 is what comes out in December and it's the best restaurants of the year. It's the list that we take 50 restaurants that we think are, you know, kind of like, and it's a, it's a great list of like the old and the new, you know, there's people who are, who have been doing it a long time, you know, and who, who need to be recognized. Cause we do talk a lot about new restaurants all the time. And so for us, the MSP 50 is that moment to also recognize some of the people like Meritage who was, you know, freaking owning it after how many years, yeah. you know, they were the ones on the cover, remember? So, you know, that's what the MSP 50 is. And then we give them a golden fork plaque to okay. put on the wall and they come and pick it up for free on. So I can't apply. No, you cannot apply. <laughs> You are not allowed. But it is also, we do this party. We had this party at Brother Justice, and we do it just for the restaurants. We don't do it as like a ticketed event. We don't make money on it. We just basically want to feed and, you know, water nice. the, the people. And so, like, the places like, and it was really fun this year because places like El Cezanne, you know, yeah. in, in uh, you know, down South Metro, they brought in their whole team. You know, we had uh, the, we had my burger in the mix this year because fun. I believe that they are a really great local yes. burger collective. And and They've they, got a great fish sandwich oh, right now really for do. Fish Friday. So great. So that was like, you know, having them there and having they brought their team. And it was like, and everyone was like, it's cool to be able to mingle with like the people from Hi Hi. And, you know, it's cool to see like Jamie Malone is over there. And then there's also Uncle Frankie's. And because yeah. it's a real true collection of how I think we eat, you know, and Uncle Frankie's is great. So, but beyond that, so we wrote that story and that was, and so everything kind of went live because we were, you know, doing that this weekend or this week. And then we kind of forgot about the 50 restaurants that changed. And that was a thing that we sat and thought about. I mean, I kind of sat and thought through the years about what are the ones that have kind of made the impact. And it's really kind of an interesting list, I think. And I think there's a lot of people who have feelings about whether I missed somebody, which of course I did. Yeah. Because there was only 50 and I think there's way more, but the exercise is about restraint and that helpfully, you know, that's a little helpful too. But I wanted to call out some of the ones that I was wondering 
um, you know, like if you thought that they were as impactful. Yeah. Okay. So like, you know, obviously we have cassettes, which, you know, 1911, that's absolutely like, come on that, you know, it has been over the last hundred years. It's, and you even know, the market that they yes. reconcepted years ago and the pasticceria that they did, I think that is also revolutionary and amazing. Right. Okay. Al's breakfast. Yeah. 12 seats. Move over. I know. Well, <laughs> and think about it this way too. That one little restaurant has united thousands of U of M students. Like over the years, like you can live anywhere in the country and have gone to the University of Minnesota and you may see someone who was like, yeah, we were at Alice Breakfast. And together. like when Ellie went to the U, I got her, a, like they didn't have gift cards. I just like prepaid for her breakfast. They had the house accounts. Yes. And I think that's kind of cool and nostalgic too. Yeah. Um, the Nankin, which was one that a lot of people oh, talked about. the Wanderer's Punch. How can you forget the and Wanderer's chow Punch? Mein, chop suey and chow mein. People still ask us for the chop suey and chow mein recipes. I mean, that's what's killer about this. But more importantly, that started in 1919. Like, that opened in 1919 in Minneapolis, and that was, like, the minute that they brought that, I mean, Chinese-American food was, was introduced to farmers in the Midwest. Also families. Like, our family Huge would families. come downtown. Not a lot, but when we did, like the Nankin was like a big family outing. Totally. Totally. Big family outing. Okay, what about the New French? Do you remember going to the New French? Oh, goodness. I yes, know. and loved it. I know. Boho, right? And like all like the sophistication oh, of yeah. a New York kind of small little place. Of and what the, day? like a baguette. Like yeah. that was the start of the baguette. Oh, my God. And do you have uh, Shea Bananas on your list that I was didn't. across the street? I didn't because I had New French. And so I was like, but oh, Shea Bananas was gosh. equally in that era. First, like, kind of place that I ate, like, black beans and plantains. And they had the toys and the games on all the yes. tables. Oh, my God. Kurt so and I fun. loved going there. I was, yeah, we were in our 20s. I love that. Um, how about the fact, uh, what do you think, like, Black Forest Inn? I don't think a lot 100%. of people know that that was actually one of the very first outdoor dining patterns in the Twin Cities. And it's glorious. Yeah. It has the big burgling brook that makes me feel like I have to go to the bathroom if I sit too close to it. But <laughs> um, also just that restaurant is yeah. really historic in and of itself in its location. Totally. The type of food that they present and that it's still family run. Yep. Fujiya. Yes. I mean, my God, you guys, first Japanese restaurant. Right on built, Street there yeah, and, and the River was, Road. And it was originally built, yeah, in the Flower Mill Ruins. Near, and she did it because the river and bridges made her think of tranquility. Yeah, love it. It's so great. So there's a whole list you guys Felio, spoon and stable denops is not on there oh, i took it off i know i know Everything. it's a good one but stay tuned for more all right we are back you are listening to the weekly dish we are live at the minneapolis home and garden show a lot of fun things happening today uh at 12 o'clock uh christopher knight aka peter brady is going to be on the pop stage one o'clock i'll be on talking about the true north cabin cookbook and at 11 are your gals that are going to be on the show in the next hour. Yeah, the Unsellable Houses ladies, they will be there, but they're going to come on the show at 10.30. So we'll get a chance to talk to them about like how they remodel kitchens and what they think about in that space. Um, this week on Jason's show, I was thinking about you because I did a fish fry thing and you already did fish fry last week. <laughs> so this is what happens when I travel. You talk about all the things I, I want to talk about and then I'm not there. Right. Because you also talked about tipping. I know. And I thought I had put that on the grid and then I realized no, that you had no, put that on the I grid. No. And I was like, oh no, they talked all about it and I can't go backwards. So you did fish fries. You did tipping. Um, yeah, you, we can't wait while you're on vacation. No, and I get that. So I did my own little like fish, fish fry thing. Fish fry waits for no woman. No, because I no. just love, I love the idea of fish fries. Yeah. I just think it's so awesome. Yeah. 
Um, and there are a lot of fish fries. Like, I think it's kind of things are coming back. Certainly at the church level. Oh, yeah. People are having in-person. It's the first time for many in three years that yeah. they're back. So there's a great list. Also, the Catholic Spirit does a list. You've got a list. Yeah. There's some great lists out there. Jess Fleming at Pioneer Press has a good list. And we're going to launch uh, starting next week. We have the Fish Fry Face-Off. We have Minneapolis versus St. Paul. Okay. So it's going to be fun, you guys. I we're going to talk about it next week. because Who's going to eat? Who's eating the fish? Well, I mean, the fish have already been judged. Well, no, the so voters it's like a have bracket? to go. It's a bracket. Got it. So we have Minneapolis versus St. Paul. We have Brunson's on there for St. Paul. That was We've my St. Paul I know. on my list. And yet, and then we have Anchor in Minneapolis. Also good. Smack Shack in Minneapolis. Good. But we have uh, Urban Growler in St. Paul. Amazing. I know. Perch. So we have a lot of stuff. No, they've got walleye. This they, do they have, oh, because I was saying they have perch. Yeah. They usually have perch on the menu. Maybe. I feel like it's walleye because they talked about it Lake Lake Cot. Walleye. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, they're great. So you should go there regardless of what yeah. it is because it'll be good. And the bracket will go up this week on MSPMag.com. Fun. Um, so Jason did on Friday, I think it was on Friday. Yeah, it was yesterday. His best things ever. And I was a little salty that they didn't ask me to share, but that's okay. Oh. What they did is they talk about like their favorite things. Oh, they do. And he mentioned the Instant Pot because he finally got one. Oh. I mean, I was like, you, it's been so long. Like, finally, you've come to the Instant Pot side of things. Yeah. So I've been thinking about Instant Pots a lot. I just did a recipe last night that I'm going to publish that's a five-minute Instant Pot uh, risotto, which I've done before, but I made it with goat cheese this time, and it was really good. Okay. So I just... Oh, a risotto, you say? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've been thinking a lot about the Instant Pot, and I found this article about mistakes people are making with the instant pot yes okay and the number one mistake is not using the saute feature i did not know people weren't using this but people are sometimes cooking things on the stovetop like caramelizing their onions or whatever and then putting them in the pot oh they don't realize that part of the magic of the instant yeah, that pot you and don't why i like to. it so much is that you can saute all the things first. You, you don't need multiple pots. Right, right, right. So that's excellent. And I've also used it on TV just to cook, like because it's uh, it gets hot quickly, you know, versus using like an inversion plate or something. Yeah. Um, underestimating the time recipes take because people Ugh. don't factor in how long it takes to come up to temperature. Yeah. And that really can vary depending on how much water is in the pot, how many things you're cooking in the pot. Um Another thing that people aren't doing, and I didn't realize this, but you, people, you can put the lid in the dishwasher. You can also put the ceiling ring in the dishwasher. Yeah. You can and should unscrew the metal cap that's underneath in the lid and wash that sometimes. Do you ever do that? Nope. It's full of junk then, and you should do that. And then also there's like the little washer that moves up and down when the pressure goes. Yeah. That little rubber ring in there, sometimes you got to scrub that out with a little um, toothbrush. Oh, yeah. Or not. <laughs> I, I have never taken the lid apart, ever. I oh. only wipe it down, and then I wash the ring. Okay. Hand wash the ring, but I have never... And I don't need to put it in the dishwasher. Okay. As far as I'm concerned. Well, they get stinky sometimes. Mine so don't. I have ones for like chicken broth, and then I have other ones for different you, things. You Instant Pot way more I than do I do. I do use it a lot. Like way more than I, I do. do. Um, I have different ceiling rings for different things. Yes, so the I clear do ones are for the broth. The yeah. colored ones are for oh, other food. Because they stout. They get smelly. Even when you wash them a lot, they get kind of smelly. Okay. Um, you're overfilling the pot. This That I is a done. huge thing. I know. There's a line on the inside of the pot. It's a fill that line. Says, 
And you really probably, if you're being extra good, want to go a little bit even below that. Because sometimes at the fill line, water starts to condense around the rim. Yeah. And I am like, oh, I filled it too much. Yeah. Um. Okay. Do you ever do pot in pot or stacking foods inside it? I never do. I have never done it because I don't have things that fit inside of it. Okay. It's easy, though. Like, I made the butter chicken. And then I put the trivet down on top of the raw chicken and the sauce in the pot, put the trivet down, and then I put like a little stainless steel bowl, put a cup of rice in there with two cups of water and put my tinfoil on top of that and then sealed the pot. And the rice cooked at the same time that the Instant Pot Butter Chicken did. Yeah, I know. There's, And I get that tech. I don't have the right bowls to go in there i don't have big i all my stainless steel are big balls and anything else i have like little ramekins but i have little ramekins yeah you could use a pitcher a what a pitcher it's like something with a handle on it like do you have a i don't know metal pitcher yeah i've used that a metal pitcher i do do or you can use like um for frothing milk in your do you have an espresso like (laughs) oh i see you have to be elite to have a metal pitcher i see you have to have an espresso machine stop. in your home. Stop. Stop. No, I don't. I don't have one. Uh, okay. So you're not doing pot and pot. But I'm I not. Highly recommend but it. I've kind of always wondered about, you know what I mean? You like can do it with Pyrex. You can do it with a glass you bowl. Can, I thought you couldn't do it with glass. Sure you can. I thought the whole point was that you couldn't because it was too high pressure. Too, it was going to break. Well, have you Stephanie, done a goal? Have you no. done a glass one? So you haven't. No. So okay, maybe we're going to have to look at that because I'm giving out bad intelligence. It's... And as the journalist and Stephanie, there's nothing worse than me saying the wrong thing and not knowing. So she's going to find it out for us. Okay. Also, a mistake about the instant pot. You're not using it as a rice cooker. Okay. This one says a glass or ceramic dish labeled oven, oven safe. safe can technically be used, but not all brands have been tested and proven safe. So it's best to proceed with caution when using glass or ceramic. Okay. okay. Like a Pyrex. I'll maybe. take that. Yeah. Okay. Now say it again. Sorry. Do you use your Instant Pot as a rice cooker? I have. Yes. It's fantastic. Yep. I think Every, that's like, fantastic. One cup, one cup. Yep. So if you're making wild rice, you need more water. If you're making different kinds of grains, you might need more water. And there's different formulas. But for basic rice, one cup, one cup. Seal it up. You get enough rice for two people, three if you're not having big portions. Yeah. And it works great. Okay. Um, also, I was showing Stephanie the little lid that needs to come off. Um, when you're doubling or tripling recipes in the Instant Pot, you really need to think about how much meat is in that pot. You can't just use like the same amount of sauce and water ratio and then put like instead of one pound of chicken, two pounds of chicken because coming up to pressure and that liquid coming up to pressure is what's cooking that chicken. So a lot of times people don't use enough. Um, so like if you put in a big, liquid, like if you need, if you're using double the chicken, you should use two cups of water or, or a half, but you need to use more. You okay. can't just use the same amount. Okay. Cause normally the cut, like a one cup of water is sort of a standard. Yes. Across one cup is really, they say the minimum yeah. for cooking in the instant pot yeah. of liquid. Right. Um, also, if you've opened the pot and then you're going to reseal the pot, you can get a fail there sometimes. So oh, really? I like to have multiple rings that are not in use so that when I open the pot and like, let's say I haven't cooked something fully and I need to cook it more. Yeah. I swap out the ring. Okay. Because that old ring is already steamed and used up and stretched out and you're not going to get as good of a seal on the second time. Okay. So that's another little bit of tech. That's a good tech. Um, let's see. Pasta. Do you cook? Nope. It pa- okay. 
So easy. Why would I, though? Oh, spaghetti and meatballs in the Instant Pot's amazing. But, I mean... It just is. But is it... But Okay, but I don't doubt that it's amazing. I just don't know. Like, for me, to do it in that situation, is it saving me an amazing amount of yes. time? Is it... Yeah. Like, it has to be a reason to not do it on the stove. Because if you're using, like, pre-cooked meatballs, oh, or you've yeah. got meatballs that are in the freezer... Okay. All you do is you throw your tomato sauce in your pot... Then you put your meatballs in. Then raw? You, or no, 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 not They're raw. cooked. Okay, they're cooked. So they're, but they right. can be frozen. They're frozen, already cooked. Okay, they're browned. Let's just put it that way. Brown meatballs. Throw them in the pot on top of the sauce. Now you put your noodles, Harry Carey, on the top. And then you add your the rest of your liquid, which is water. And then you instant pot it. Okay. And then you open the pot and you're stirring, stirring, stirring. Because you want to make sure... That you're getting all those noodles into the sauce and stirring, stirring, stirring. But they're cooked. Yeah. And you just stir and stir and stir until everything is fully incorporated. And then you serve it. You know how I tested this? Do you remember when I made this for my mother-in-law, Dolores? I feel like I'm remembering. Because yeah. she's a, a meatball snob. And she like has the delicious ricotta meatball recipe oh, that is yeah. on my site at stephaniesdish.com. But I was like, I'm going to, because I had already had the meatballs in the freezer. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to make it in the Instant Pot. Nobody's going to know. And I'm going to be like, hey, I made this in the Instant Pot. It's great. And if you're like cooking on a weeknight, like it's just easy. Yeah. Um, and you can only do, I mean, I'm assuming you can only do short pasta. You can't really do spaghetti. Yes, that's exactly what you do is spaghetti. You can do short pastas too, but spaghetti. So you take. You have this. to break them then, or no? What? How uh-uh. do they? They don't fit in your instant pot. Yeah, they pot. do. You just throw them in there, and they you like pick up sticks. You don't like lay them in the layer. You pick up stick of some. Literally, you throw them from the top down, and they're all hairy carry in there, and you close it up. But you must have short spaghetti then, or something, because mine would be like sticking out of the pot. They wouldn't even fit. I have long spaghetti. Don't you have long spaghetti? <laughs> Seriously. Like, how is, like, that's, like, the thing. I have 11-inch spaghetti. and I'm looking at an 85 by 11 book. You know, spaghetti is about 11 inches. It fits. Okay. I'm doubting it. I'm so doubting Thomas it right now. Like, I can't see it at Do all. I, I'm going to have to, like, send you a, a picture. picture. Can you send me a picture? I need a picture. Yes. I need a picture. Um. Okay. Skin on chicken in the Instant Pot. Yeah, that's a no, huh? Just don't do it. No. You're never going to get, like, a crispy skin. Well, there's even... no crisping in the No, Instant and pot. even if you have the lid like you bought, that crispy Instant Pot lid... No, but that's an air fryer. Like, yeah. that is a whole different thing. And it doesn't even work. No, I got rid of it. Yeah. I gave it away. It doesn't work. No. So just get it rid works, of your skin. It works, but in a weird way. Like, not the way you want it to work. And not, I mean, if you want to crisp up something from your Instant Pot, you can always run it under the broiler. But yeah. think about what the pot is there for, what time it's saving. Yeah. You don't have to cook everything in the Instant Pot. Only use it if it's going to be a time saver or give you better flavor or more control. Or True. I love using it with company, too, because the food just sits in there hot forever. True. Um, All right. Okay. Go. I think I'm done. Those my Instant Pot mistakes okay. fails. Marvelous. You and did well. We're going to clean your pot when I come over. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> we'll be back. at the Home and Garden Show. We are at the Home and Garden Show (laughs) at the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. 651-641-1071. If you want to call in and comment on anything we've talked about, share your favorite fish fry. You want to talk about your Instant Pot uh, complete wins. You want to talk about 50 of the restaurants that you want to talk about a restaurant that affected your eating life, that changed the way that you eat. I would love to know that, too. Well, Filio. Yeah. Because it was like the first... 
Was that the first place? That was the first place I ordered Chianti in my lifetime. Like oh, a wicker funny. basket Chianti yeah. on a date. Six five one six four one one zero seven one. That's pretty impressive, Stephanie. Yeah, I think that was the first place that a I remember feeling like happy hour was a thing. Okay, and like my first happy hour experience. Yeah. Also, though, like the wood fired pizza, it was. Or wood fired in general right. was Filio's and also Shelley's wood roast. Yes, was Shelley's wood roast on God, your I list? I remember that. It was not. It was not on my list. That's too. It was not. No. She had like three locations, one in the Galleria, one somewhere else. Do you I remember? Know. I don't. I don't remember yeah, Shelley's. But I remember. Oh yeah. But it was. It wasn't a she, by the way. Was it a he? Yeah. I just assumed it was a she. I know. Yeah. No. It was. Uh, it was. Uh, um. Six five Shelly one Jacobs. six four one one zero seven one. If you want to call in with any comments or questions today, our producer will let us know you're on the line. Or if you're coming to the Home and Garden Show, apparently it says we're going to be here from eleven <laughs> to one, but we're here right now. So make sure you join so us. So come on down if you yes. can and uh, bring me some coffee. I, yeah, I would know. love a cup of coffee. Little, I mean, seriously, coffee. coffee. Um, there's something else about Philia that I want to make sure that we mention is that you know. It was the first wood-fired oven in the Twin Cities. They brought, like, the thing that we oh, like, we funny. look at punch and we think about, you know, everybody who's got, like, a, you know, a pizza oven now. Filio's was the first, Filio's, Filio was the first one, and that they, like, the city didn't know what to do with it, and, like, the, Parasoli had to help them write the code. Okay, like, I the love health that code idea. For it, because it had never been put in a restaurant before. And there is, like, stories. What's the, There was another story that just came up recently that someone had to write the health code for something. Oh, I don't know. I don't remember what it was. Well, I mean, there's, like, if you think about, like, the... Well, and, I mean, there's a lot of things that, you know, the smokers that are going on and yes. stuff like that. To me, that's an opportunity that I'm hoping that the city takes up and does something good with instead of just shutting it down. I know that there's, you know, feelings about what's safe and what's not safe, but they've also, like... I, w- I would love there to be discussions about it instead of it just being like, nope. You yeah, know? for and sure. And it feels like there's a lot of that happening. Six five one six four one one zero seven one. Yeah. Um, you went to, we were talking about the new food hall. Do you want to just Yeah, well, that was going to be that? one of my top two. And oh, two. sorry. Can I I'm, jump I'm in? stealing other topics. You are stealing. We can keep talking to... about the restaurants. Oh, wait. What, oh, Lexi? Thanks, Lexi? We have some callers. Oh, let's do it. Yeah, uh, so we got Cindy. She has a question about... White wine, cooking with white wine. And oh, Cindy. Right Let's have it. Oh, hello. Hi, hi Cindy. Cindy. Oh, hi. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. Uh, well, just real quick, briefly, uh, Filio's great memory. That was the first time I ever had calamari. Yes. Um, oh, and yes, I used to live right. there, right by there and walk there. Anyway, great memory. So my question is, um, the other week I called in and I wanted to make beef stroganoff. So I made it and it was so good. Good. But the recipe called for white wine, white cooking wine, and I thought I had it, but I didn't. And I, they, I googled, and they said you could substitute two tablespoons of white wine vinegar. You sure? Oh, okay. So I did, and oh, I mean, it was really, really good. Oh, I'm but, glad. Uh, you can also use lemon white juice wine too. Vinegar. You know, I, I recall with the recipe that you. You have to cook it through or something? What is it when you cook it to a certain... Uh, I, I guess I'm confused about the question. You can substitute oh. white wine vinegar. You can also okay. use lemon juice or like white wine that you have in your Any house. Any kind of white wine. Or you can use Any pink kind wine. Of white you wine. It doesn't have to be white. Sure. Okay, and then 
do, do you need, uh, if you're using white wine, do we have to cook it to... Um, to reduce it? Yes. Well, you would well, be reducing. I mean, yeah, cook it yeah you'd be reducing any liquid. Texture, but yeah, it's not gonna. It's gonna have a different sort of cadence. You know, and it's not because it's not vinegar. It's not gonna be as tangy, maybe. But it's still yeah. pretty much a. It's not gonna like completely ruin the dish. You wouldn't have to worry about that. And, no, but uh, okay. But I noticed you used a, a, you know, a different amount of the white cooking wine versus two tablespoons. Of not white necessarily. Wine for, no. Depending oh. on your oh, recipe, okay. if I'm swapping, because my my husband can't have vinegar, and he okay. can't have wine, so I just use lemon juice, and I use it in equal proportions. You know, sometimes okay. a little more, sometimes a little less, but I've even used water. Okay. All right. Okay, good. All right. I guess I was just curious about cooking with white wine. Yeah, white you're wine. good. Okay, it's, it's, thank you. you. You're on it. You're doing the right thing. <laughs> okay. Right. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, Cindy. It's great to talk to you. All right, Lexi, who do we have also on the line? Do we have another caller? Hello? Sorry, sorry. Oh, I had That's my okay. mic off. Brian is on air. I'll put Hi, on. Brian. Hi, it's Brian. been a while, Brian. I missed you when I was in Mexico last week. How you doing? You, uh, you always say something that strikes a memory and talk about restaurants. Uh, Cafe Brenda. Oh, Cafe Brenda. Yes, salad. that's a good one. We can't hear you guys very well. Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and cut you off at this point, Brian, but thank you for yeah, calling sorry. in. Cafe, Cafe Brenda. Brenda. Cafe okay. Brenda, you guys, by the way, was one of those ones that you know, like the, we take so for granted the fact that people and, and restaurants pedigree farms on their menu, and it was like Cafe Brenda was just a stalwart at that. She basically started locally, she and yeah. Lucia Watson together, the idea that farms should be represented on your menu. And identifying them so yeah. that like you knew who they were. And they you got felt the credit like- for the ingredient. Sourcing the ingredient was became important because they started making it important. And that Caesar salad, do you remember her Caesar salad at I Cafe don't. Brenda? No. I still think about it. I don't know if it was like just because the ingredients were so good or if it was because yes. like she was very early on in the Caesar salad game. The Caesar she was salad like the original was so Caesar the 80s. salad. I still love a good Caesar salad no, though. I know. But the eighties, like remember when it was all chicken Caesar salad? Like And then so real, like mayonnaise y oh, and I just know, like got cloying. Real bad. Got real bad. But a good, just like delicious anchovy, lemony, bright Caesar salad with yeah. delicious shards of Parmesan cheese. Oh, yum. I still think it's a great thing if you can especially do you ever do you have a recipe for do you ever make I do, it yourself? The cookbook. But I mean like with like the anchovies. Oh yeah, it's okay. the recipes in the cookbook. Okay. Yeah, Kurt's got Kurt's dressing is legendary in legendary our family. Legendary family. And it's legend. got real anchovies and egg yolks and the whole ball of wax. Oh fun. Yeah. Lexi, if we have any callers on the line, let them know that we'll take them in the next break if and we we'll can. talk during the break. But we're gonna go ahead and is it time to take a commercial break? Sure. 